Hey! Hey! Welcome to Third World Gaming featuring Critical Index and featuring one of our OGs here. Yes, my name is Martin and I'm here with the ironic gamer, Nico. Hello, guys. I'm back for the short time. Yeah, basically, we just finished like recording on an Easter Sunday for Bodega Nights, and I'm pretty sure it would have been released by now because it's like the drop of this episode is going to be, I think, April 25. So that gives us enough time for a two-part Bodega Nights special with Nico. Yep, yep, that's about right. So basically, that Bodega Nights episode was mostly like a third-world gaming app because we were talking about the good old days of COD because we talked about COD Modern Warfare and Warzone and also, the episode of what we're going to focus on right now with our special guest, Tito Rob, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Amazing game. Some technical difficulties, but it's an amazing game. But man, before we recorded, you mentioned this to me. Like, there's a last name of Jesse now. And what's the name of Jesse? Raspberry! Because <laughs> Japan. <laughs> with all their funny names. Though, honestly, it's most likely Raspberry because she is a tinker. And what's the most popular thing to be tinkered with right now is the Raspberry Pi. Which is a Linux Incidentally, OS. she also makes pie. Pizza wow. pie. Wow. Wow. It's like, man, really drive me at home here. Raspberry makes pizza pie. Okay, sure, sure. I'll take tinker, it. Tinker and then like Linux, an OS. So shout out to Third World Linux. <laughs> hey, guys. The crossovers do not stop here. And you know why? Because... uh. Raspberry pie. You know a pizza pie is flat, right? Yes. Unless it's <laughs> Chicago. So and it's a dish. And raspberry sometimes can go splat. That is dark. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> Jesse is to Final Fantasy 7 like Caesar is to Jojo. Caesar! But yeah, but you know, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII for the uh, ever since it got released digitally because my physical copy is perpetually trapped somewhere in shipping. Might get on May, so I have two sets coming in. I have my digital, which I currently have, and my physical coming in probably next month, maybe. So yeah, we were talking so, about yeah. this uh, an hour ago. So how do you like it right now? You're so into it, like you you've been playing here like three straight days, two straight days. I wouldn't call it straight. I mean, I've been playing consecutive days, but at this point, I've just been playing, I think I logged in about 22, 24 hours so far. And I'm really not that far into the game, technically. I am past the plate collapse. I'm just right there, like a little after the plate collapse. I already talked to Elmira and everything. Uh, so probably like halfway into the game, which, again, this game is surprisingly long and it doesn't feel like buffer. That's the best part. Like, this doesn't seem to be padding. And this is just all like, the extensions seem right. Like you get like, oh, okay, yeah. this is this part, but they added to it. And it feels a lot better now. It really fe- Midgar really feels like a full city. Like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of houses. Uh, you get lost, but after a few, after a while, like, like you kind of figure out where everything is. And this game is just disc one, and not even the finishing part of this one. Disc one, right? Yeah, in fairness, though, disc one of the original Final Fantasy really, really was long. It was, it was one of the few games that really feels like, yeah, this could be extended to a full game because there's just so much content in Midgar. Midgar has so many things going on with it. There's so many side stories you could go into. Ironically, uh, disc two and three were actually probably just as big as disc one in terms of content. 
Sure, this two and three had different cities, but these cities were not as filled out as like Midgar. Midgar, like Sector 7 alone, just by story part, would probably be what, three, four, five towns easily? Wait, this Sector no, 7, sur- Miko, uh, does yeah. it have Sector 7A and Sector 7B? Nah, there's seven. There's the oh. slum area and there's the pillar and a few other things. But yeah, it's. It is a fun game, and I am excited for the next stuff. People are saying, don't you hate the fact that the game's episodic? I'm like, you have to understand, I love Final Fantasy. When I heard it, I pre-ordered, I think, I did a day one pre-order. Your day, team day one. But at least you get went team digital because of the quarantine situation right now. It's oh, I had crazy. to because like, I, I had physical. I have a pre-order for a physical copy. But obviously, that's not going to come because of the quarantine, the lockdown. So... I just decided, I had been calling a few I had been calling the store a few times like hey will this come in they never gave me an answer it's like you know what I am just going to make a uh, PSN account just so I can buy it digitally and that's where I also learned that there is no Philippine PSN <laughs> Wait you just found out now Why would I know earlier I don't play the I don't use PSN I usually right. get physical games So you went US Hong Kong This is my or first uh, all of them. I have an account for every one of those. Oh shit! Because uh, our guests... I have an American account mm-hmm. because I, I figure like I'll get the most American cards. I wanted yeah. Hong Kong because they actually have lots of like uh, cool demos that are now available in the U.S. And I got really? Singapore. Just hoping, yeah, there are some like uh, region exclusives that Hong Kong will get that the U.S. will not. So I got that for that one. I also have a Japan account. Oh, nice. I think Japan is more worth the buck because I've been having Hong Kong and always having an underwhelming list of free PSN Plus games, except now Monster Hunter World. But I'm not taking that. I was Hong Kong simply because I thought my they said, oh, you can use your credit cards in Hong Kong. Like, yeah. okay, fine, I'll do that. That's no, it's part. a lie. I cannot use my credit cards for it. Ha, you've been fooled. So like, dang it, I just have this account now. Yes. And what I did was I just end up going online. Where can I buy digital codes for cards? Because obviously I cannot go to a store to buy them. Oh, dude, I've been using PlayAsia. I was going to say, I saw PlayAsia end up going to Gambino or something or some other thing. Okay. It's pretty good. I was able to get my game essentially. I got Final Fantasy VII Original and the Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, for about like 100 bucks, I think. Whoa. All in all, total. Yeah, total. Because I wanted the digital, I wanted the digital edition because it had much more content. It had an art book, it had music, it had all these things going with it, and it comes with three summons. While the standard one, standard beer, only comes with one. And one of the summons I really, really wanted because it was kind of my favorite summons. That was never in Final Fantasy VII. That's the funny thing. It was only in Final Fantasy VIII, which is Carbuncle. Carbuncle Ooh. was an FF8 summon, but for some reason it's in FF7. Wait, I was like, okay, sure. For those who don't know who Carbuncle is, how do you describe Carbuncle? Carbuncle is like a little Maltese dog thingy with a diamond on its face. Ah. Ruby, yeah. And essentially, it's a support uh, summon. In Final Fantasy VIII, it gave you barriers and reflect and stuff. Whereas in Final Fantasy VII Remake, the summons actually fight with you. They are like together in the battlefield, similar to how Kingdom Hearts did it. Mm-hmm. So this Carbuncle actually heals you, casts things on you. It's a great support thing. A little overpowered, I'll have to say, because of all the things it gives you. 
Well, honestly, I made I really wanted that just because, like, hey, this is cool. I enjoyed Carbuncle in FF8, so I figured, yeah, I kind of want you. Because there is no way to get that summon unless you get the pre-order. Uh, wait, I keep on forgetting and, which GF is the one that's, like, the one with the lamp uh, and the GF, one with the knife. FF8 thing. Yeah. Uh, you think of a Thornberry. Yeah, I love Thornberry. Oh, there was, like, a freaking, like, uh, side quest in, like, this game. Because there's so many side quests in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. To essentially up your reputation, quote unquote. Now in Sector Five, this is where Aerith lives. Like, there's a section here. Like, this kid tells me, "Oh no, the Toad King is there." The hey, Toad King. Can you help us, the Toad King? And my like, what do you mean, Toad King? Oh, there's this thing. Like, it's wearing a crown and stuff. And my like, oh my God, it's a Thornberry, isn't it? <laughs> oh God, it's gonna kill me. It's like it has like a knife or something. Oh. <sighs> so before I go in, I like do a save. Oh, that's one thing. Uh, FS7 Remake, you can save wherever you want, basically. Not oh like before God. you have to go to the save point. This way you can save anywhere. So like before, like, save. Like, oh, God, it's going to be a Tonberry. It's going to be the fight of my life. He's just going to stab me. Take so my was it a Tonberry? Oh, no, no. It was literally a gigantic frog with a uh, crown on its head. Like, oh, okay. Like, oh, my God. Thank God. You're, oh, thank you God. Die. Okay. I will destroy you <laughs> like, now. <laughs> yes, like. Oh, it was a kind of a tough fight because it was just constantly healing its mobs. So it's, oh. that was annoying. But like, yeah. it's not actually a hard fight. Like once the two, its two bodyguards were dead, like, oh, you are going to get, you are going to die. So, so far, like the most memorable fight really is fighting a house. A literal house. Yep. It was a house. It's one of the parts of the stage there where you <laughs> oh fight. God. It is an actual enemy actually from <laughs> FF7, which is a uh, hell house. Hell house and FF7 literally is a house that will try to kill you a it was in sector six where you could fight it complete with a door with yep, a doors windows window. made of wood. does it have a chimney for you yes know? oh my god yes it has a chimney it's a house like the funniest part is when it came out to fight you literally the reaction of the characters is my same reaction like, i'm fighting a house okay dear god that fight took me about an hour yeah. And in, but in fairness, I feel like the fight was actually supposed to be a lot easier. I'm just really, really stubborn. Because I had set up a way I fight, which is I use magic as player support. Like, my tier is all support material, it's all passive, with like, except for like healing and a few other spells. Yeah. I think for this one, you're supposed to use a lot more magic to weaken it. Because physical attacks really don't do damage. Like, I'm doing three damage to it, basically. Man, I'm glad you can so control your. Uh party can you control all of your party yeah you can just keep switching between characters like if you're not controlling them they become ais and i always said everyone else to is pretty much don't die i will do fighting just don't die because i need you to do stuff <laughs> yeah but it yeah fighting that house was crazy it was a crazy time in that house, huh? <laughs> uh, after that, like, the next person who fought me, I fought a goddamn house. You mean nothing, nothing to, me. to me. Which I'm sure would be the most confusing thing for any enemy to hear. And they were like, like saying, what? what? <laughs> um, yeah, okay, I'm, I'll kill you now, okay? Uh, sure, but can you try squishing me under you like the Wicked Witch of the West were killed on? Like that house? Yeah, actually, one of the, one huh? of the things is the house will crush you. So you'll be, so it's like a Wizard of Oz thing. Yep. It was um again though I understood why it became a house. Because the thing you're fighting was gambling. Why is it a house? Because the house always wins. 
Oh shit! Okay. Again, this game has so many cute little like references <laughs> and things. Like this is amusing. There's so much depth into this game. So uh, yeah, if you wanna recommend it to someone, would you rather have them play the original first, or it's safe to have them jump into the remake? That's actually a little tricky because the hard part is I can't tell if the story's so well done because I know the story so well. I had played the game. I had finished the original game multiple times i've read all the literature official unofficial uh i've done the odd i've done i've even read the japanese only stuff i've i've listened to all the podcasts i've listened to all the audiobooks so i am very very knowledgeable about final fantasy 7 so when i played the game like hey there's so many cool parts here but i kind of think if you did not play the original or are unfamiliar with the story there's some parts that would be like what's that who's this what's going on what what? What? So the tip is, if you're new to the whole genre, it's safer to play the original version first, which is available yeah. in PSN or Steam. Yeah. And fairness, even if you can get it on iOS and Android, I think, as well. Ooh. But uh, honestly, as long as you just do some basic reading on what the basic start of the game is, it makes sense. Because, yeah, there are sections there that I get this because I know the story well. Because there are flash-forwards. I was so surprised that there are flash-forwards in the game. From, that were not the same as the Flash Force in like a uh, original game. Like you will actually see the scene there with Eris in the, in the city of the ancients. You'll see that scene oh, for man. a split second. And it's like, and God, she has lines like, "Don't worry, the future's not set. No things can change." Like, oh, you sweet oh. summer child. <laughs> oh, that is so and bad. Like, <laughs> and like, there's a line there that made me feel so hurt. Like. Eric, like, you know, I want you know, you shouldn't always defend me. I probably I might not always be here. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> all here is like, I'm not gonna level you up. <laughs> yeah, totally not gonna level you up. <laughs> I think I've done both. I've like done a version where I 100% her character in FF7 original. Like, I got her all her limit breaks, made her level 99, all the things. And I've also done versions where you get nothing from me because you will die. Or like unequipped. Oh, come her. on, you people saying that's a spoiler. It's more than 20 years old. You know she dies. It's a meme. Yeah. And basically, sometimes it was like actually Cloud who killed her because she drowned her. Oh, did I spoil that? Oh, yeah. I, I know that. Uh, <laughs> I know that uh, theory. I don't think that's actually what happened. I think just like there were some limitations to that game that yeah. made it not clear. But God, like uh, that's the only probably complaint I'll actually ever have with Final Fantasy VII Remake so far until I finish it is it is there are technical problems to it. Like there's just again, like I mentioned in the Bodega Nights a long time ago was issues with culling where like some models would be brought in and brought out that were still within view. So this would be like phasing in and out reality. The sky boxes were not the bestly done. There's rubber banding. And one thing I really didn't like, but I think because I'm just so amused by how Doom did it. Yeah. The music transitions are not great in Final Fantasy VII. Ooh. The music is amazing. I love it. It's great. But the transitions suck. It okay. just starts automatically. Like, you're in the air. Oh, the music's here. Like, oh, okay. That was kind of abrupt. And it's in Doom, the music is really smooth. Like, it transitions to this song, this song, this song very well. So I got used to that. This one, nope, nope. This is the music here now. Like, oh, okay. Sure. Still good music. It's just that it's a little abrupt. Yes. You will listen to this now. But I wanted the And now. you can collect music. That's also amusing. There are Whoa. music discs you can collect through the game. That we must have like this Coast of the Soul. There's like the 
Golden Saucer. They're all the stages you want to go to. Uh, Kachi's theme was there, which kind of surprised me. So I'm wondering, oh, does that mean I'll find Vincent's theme and Yuffie's theme as well? That'd be really weird. I wonder what that's going to be called. But yeah, it's so far a very fun game. I would recommend it for people who really want a JRPG for fun and things. It's an action RPG, though, not like the original game, which was turn-based. So that's a little different. Uh, there is a classic mode that makes it closer to the original game style. But uh, honestly, the new mode is a lot. It's very fun. If you're playing, if you play Kingdom Hearts or like action RPGs or like more, more ones like Final Fantasy 15, you'll get it. It's pretty simple. A little clunky for using more fluid systems, but I mean, I have seen people do no damage runs just by avoiding attacks, by just running around, dodging and everything. So spot on there. If you're a skilled player, you can actually get pretty far in the game. And of course, it's replayable. There's, you can jump different chapters. You can refight bosses. You can increase difficulty, so unlock more things. So that's kind of cool. There's a lot more replayability to it. So it's not like, oh, you're done with this episode. That's it, which I was a little worried that's going to happen. I would accept it. It's like, oh, you're done with the story. Sorry, that's it. Like, okay, sure, that's fine. No, no, this has a replayability, so that's kind of cool. And they cap it up at level 50, which I assume because if you entered level, you know, episode two at level 99 maxed out, it's just more like, I am here to crush all of you. You will all die. You're so all I feel like dead. probably it's going to be level 50, the next game maybe level 60, the next game like they'll maybe add like 10 levels depending on how many episodes it's going to be. Some people think it's going to be three episodes because it was three discs originally, which my heart, like, that actually makes sense if it's three episodes because it's three discs. But seeing how much content they had put in episode one, I can see them doing four, but trilogies generally sound better. Like the Final Fantasy VII trilogy, which probably sounds really weird to hear. I'd buy that. The trilogy. Which is still better so than the s- ending of the Matrix trilogy. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a game that uh, some people are saying that they're going to wait for the game of the year edition, blah, 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 which is like all three games. Like, dude, I cannot be... wait eight years. <laughs> well, I can wait eight years. I waited like almost a decade for Duke Nukem Forever. And then when I got it, I just sold it back at home because it kind of sucked. Yeah, Duke Nukem <laughs> did not age well at all. Yeah. Final Fantasy Seven. I feel like they're trying to do like one episode per year, which I honestly feel like is a little too ambitious. I would see like one episode comes out every two years. I feel like that's more realistic. And I think it's more realistic now given this situation. Yeah. So many things got pushed. So many like... Uh, I mean, some yeah. games are making content like crazy. Like Call of Duty is making so much content. Final Fantasy is like... They delayed theirs because they're supposed to be out March 4. There was actually an event in Tokyo which I think got canceled because of the virus. Yeah. But yeah, they were supposed to be March 4 then April 10. It's like, okay, sure. I'll wait this then. Like lockdown. Oh no. Will I get my game? Oh no. I don't think I'll get my game. Okay, digital. Digital. And this is one of the topics me and my friend, uh, well, our special guest here is going to say, actually, Miko, uh, the problem of digital versus, uh, um, how do you call that? Physical. There's still people going team physical because the collector's items, you can't do that. Well, digitally. not just that. DRM. Yes. DRM. Maybe really, DRM is really one big thing to what I don't like about this. Stuff. There is, if it's a DRM free, that's great. But if it's, uh, there is no, if it's a DRM thing, like, you're completely locked. Like, this will only work if this system is there. Yeah. Which is what I kind of said with Call of Duty is I hated how it required me to be online to play single player. 
Ugh. Yeah. I mean, my connection at home is great. That, that's okay. But I hate that idea that if I'm not online, I can't play my single-player game. Yeah, I'm just glad some games here in the PSN, if I download them, I can turn off the P, the, the router. I can just play it offline, like Shenmue. Mm. Like, we're good. But there oh, are yeah, games. That thing need to be online. Yeah, because there are games like Warframe where you have to play online because it is an online I, game. Yeah, I like the game. I don't think they have a single player thing, do they? Uh, I don't think so. Unless you just set it to friends only. <laughs> no one's gonna <laughs> no one's gonna disturb you in your map. <laughs> but you you mentioned it. So you did buy digital, but before this crazy thing happened, you already like bought day one. So what did you get for your day one? If it's gonna be shipped to your house, you're getting the physical CD. What else? Uh, getting the physical CD, uh, the steel book, art book. I think music as well. And I forgot what the other thing was. I was going to get the first class edition. It ran out when I tried to buy it. So uh, how much, all in all, did you spend for your pre-order? That both of them? <laughs> uh, no, just uh, the physical version first. Yeah. Uh, like, I think about three five, three thousand eight hundred. So roughly around like eighty bucks, I guess, a little less than eighty bucks. And then for the for getting it digitally, you got it for fifty nine uh, bucks. About eight. But you no, also I got, got eighty the... bucks as well. Oh. I. I got both. Both are digital copies. Both are the deluxe edition. I have a oh, physical version that's deluxe, and I have a digital deluxe version that's, that's deluxe. also digital. Oh my I told God. myself, you know what? As a collector, that just means I never have to open my physical copy. That's true. So it's gonna be. I'll MIB. just have it here. It'll just be completely there. Like, so how do you check this? Oh, I have the digital version over here. Do yeah. not touch those. Do not. We touch will that. look at it over here. Don't touch. Like, what about the art book? No, no, no. You do not touch the art book. The art book there is just for display. This yes. is the art book look at on the screen. Yes. yes. PDF file of the art book. <laughs> and the art book looks pretty cool. Actually, really nice. I would actually love to open the actual art book, but I am in that circumstance of, do I want to open the physical copy or keep it in pocket? Because I have like yeah. Final Fantasy VII merch from the Final Fantasy Japan event okay. because there's one in the Sky Tree. Yeah. So I have t-shirts. I have like a... Shin, I have like a Shinra like wallet. I have a Shinra card holder. I have a Shinra like a paper thing. All these stuff. And I'm like, do I use you or do I not use you? Because these are all event items. As in, they're specifically, these are all you sold for this event. They will not be resold again. And Japan is pretty damn serious when they say they will not sell it again. Like you'll only find those on eBay or resellers. Actually, yeah. I'm still waiting on like a Gatsapon series of Gokaiger that I will never have again. <sighs> That's also something I'm surprised when Japan says limited edition, like limited edition, or like limited pre-order. Dear they God, it. they mean it. I never saw it. a pre-order go sold out. I heard like, what do you mean the pre-order is sold out? <laughs> it's sold out. Like, it's sold I out. I don't understand. <laughs> like, can't you make more? No, no, no. Sold no. out. Like, ha! Huh. I... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you for like for joining me here in this intro, Miko. So let's introduce our guest. He's my friend Rob. He's from Ungeek PH. He's gonna talk about the FF7 remake as well as the other stuff. So let's take it away. Yeah. And here we are in our new episode featuring my good friend Tito Rob, aka by the way, this is Robert Yatko of Ungeek P8. How are you doing, Rob? 
<laughs> What's up, guys? Hello, doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> I'm glad for the very first time. Um, I'm glad to be able to spend time with you, even though we are seas apart and social distant, socially distant. I know. I'm just taking advantage of, you know, the Zoom thing and other kind of forms of media where we can hang out and like talk to each other how we're doing. So that said, uh, it's been a very tough time. Uh, quarantine season is happening. Well, we'll call it the quarantine era. Not, mm-hmm. not an undisputed kind of era, but you get what I mean. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, Rob, how have you been doing in the past few weeks? Uh, how has this quarantine been to you? And how has the whole work from home setup affect you in terms of gaming and in terms of work? Do you get to work more or do you get to play more because you're at home? Or there's a certain sense of I have to work more now because it's here at home. For sure. Um, it's been very, very busy. <laughs> um, so the thing is with, um, with Ungeek, especially since now is the time that online is a thing, there's just so much to do now. I mean, I understand, I'm, I'm one of the lucky people who have the opportunity to work from home, especially since, I mean, I have Ungeek and um, even, with my, even with my day job with, um, as the country manager of EGG Network, both allow me to um, stay at home and do this. So they're in, like I said, one of the very, very lucky few who are able to work from home. Um, I understand there's so many people who can't and I swear my heart goes out to them since I have friends who are also, um, I have a friend who's a frontliner. I have, a, mm-hmm. I have, some, I have some friends who have no, had no choice but to be cut, cut down from work because of the budget. So yeah, I mean, there is a pressure to mm-hmm. perform more, um, even especially when you're at home. But not just that, like in terms of the online industry as a whole, um, it's the last bastion of humanity, I guess. This is basically how people get their social fulfillments uh, requirements fulfilled. So, and it's via it's gaming or via um, con calls and whatever, like what we're doing right now. Um, and, you know, they're like, you've seen it. People post it on Facebook. They they place like um, pictures of their family where they're in like various, um, you know, FaceTime applications or whatnot. And it's, this is it. Online is where it's at right now. And every, there's such a huge amount, a lot of the, a lot of companies, a lot of brands, um, oh showcase their um their events their relevancy um online um a lot of news because now people are like 24 7 hooked into what's going on online and that's it it's just a very very busy time as well but a very very weird time that's true weird because uh we've been talking about this a few minutes back before we recorded uh, because in well technically your field not my field because i medyo Kabit lang ako sa certain friends natin. If you know I would what I say mean. that. <laughs> like, because we go to events like ESGS and other tech events, but now since COVID is happening, there's a ban on public events. So instead of going to events, I heard it's more focused now on PRs and certain documents and soft copies that companies give to our websites, right? And how Correct. does it go for you? Um, especially, yeah, because brands are now reverting to, you know, you used to have events. Like, you used to have events left and right. The announcement of a certain phone. The announcement of upcoming technology. Um, 
even geek events that were supposed to happen Amen. at the start of the year. Um, one of the biggest ones, uh, Taipei Game Show, E3 was canceled. Yes. And E3 now yeah. these kinds of events have their press releases. The, that's the only thing they can do right now. Uh, if you noticed, um, there was a press release before um, for, sorry, a press event okay. for PlayStation 5 when they talked about like the tech specs and everything. And they just did it online anyway. I understand Nintendo Direct does it a lot. Yeah, but, YouTube, but mm-hmm, yeah, not, YouTube and whatever. Not so Sony. Be, not so. <laughs> right, but you see, you're now seeing a lot more of this kind of behavior. And like I said, since social is the last bastion, and you will never have a more attentive market for online than you have right now. So that there are some brands who are capitalizing on that. There are some brands who are trying to like batten down the hatches and try to like save up to just you know um to weather the storm that is um the COVID-19 storm so that's like, true so it's, it's a, there's a huge focus on online you have so we we get so many press releases right now we get so much communications from brands saying that oh can we do this can we do that that's why like I said um, for our at least for the media industry it's a very very busy time <laughs> I know. And speaking of busy, you guys been busy churning out content. Well, the one I'm checking right now is Ungeek. Um, right. Aside from the FF7 content I've been checking out, uh, you guys still doing like stuff like Bandai Namco, the Unlico, right, right. the PLDT, the Crew 2, Call of Duty mm-hmm. Modern Warfare. Actually, yeah, I have this Warzone, the free one that cost me 100 <laughs> gigabytes of MySpace. <laughs> so Same kids. as FF7R. <laughs> right? So... Uh, Kids, if you have a PS4, make sure it's the one terabyte, not the 500 gigabyte bundle, because you're going to be screwed over with the newer games. <laughs> or or you get the, uh, you know, like we just did a video on it recently. You get the Seagate uh, external drive. Oh, yeah. If you got like one of the lower memory kind uh, kinds of things, at the very least, you do have an out. At the cost of yes. one USB port, you can have you can have extended memory at the cost of your recharging guys <laughs> pretty much pretty much <laughs> but yeah that this is what we're here for uh I, I talked about this in the previous episode we got teeter robbed in the house for ff7 <laughs> remake and i love how your site well i love how ungeek has been hands on on this i mean even going so Thank far you. as to where to get a digital copy of FF7 Remake, is it like, are you going to take it on your PSN Hong Kong, PSN SG, or PSN US? The funny part is I have two of three. I don't have SG because that time it was hard for me to get an SG PSN card back in the right, day. Right, right. Um, I think it's just that PSN SG um, was the norm, I think. Yeah. And um, But the thing is... Um, the reason for that is it's all because of the current situation. Um, because yes. now that data bl- places like Data Blitz are closed, the malls are closed, actually. actually Where yeah. do you get your cards now? And this, there was a huge outcry for it. Like people were like saying, What's going to happen to my pre order? What's going to happen to the collector's edition I got? What's going to happen? So, do I not get to play the game? Funny enough, before the quarantine even started, the issue was Final Fantasy VII was launching on Good Friday. Um, which was a Holy Week Friday. So people, malls would be closed and people were like saying, oh, oh yeah, does that yeah, mean yeah. I have to get my game on Saturday, like one day delayed from everyone else? 
but you know, stuff happened, and now this is where we're at. Um, Data Blitz went on to like open up an online shop, which is good. Um, yeah. There have been many alternates, uh, alternatives to people to get on how to get their PSN cards. But like I said, for P- and I guess this caters more to people who are very touchy with their accounts. You know, a lot of people like work really work hard to get those achievements, put everything in one account, and that's it. Yes, but the problem for people is... who don't care. <laughs> For people who don't care and just like, you know, as long as I get to play the game and yeah. I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my, I'm going to have like multiple accounts. As long as I get to play them, that's fine. Um, at the very least, we figured that, and we, we spoke to, um, we kind of pitched, uh, kept open communications with like data play. It's because okay. we were asking them like, what, so what's your take? This is what people are saying. What's your take? That's why we were able to release um, articles like that. And we did get, we did come to the conclusion. We told them that should we suggest that people get a PlayStation Hong Kong or a play, uh, PlayStation US so that they can use their credit cards? That's and true. that became it. Because, like I said, um, PSN SG, for those of you who don't know, that's the one of the few um, ga- uh, regions that don't accept credit cards that are outside of Singapore. So, if you're using like HSBC or, you know, what the, the, normal credit cards here in the Philippines it won't mm-hmm. register so that's where you know you go for a PSN Hong Kong or a US account yeah and uh, other sites like DataBlitz I'm happy DataBlitz is stepping it up doing the whole right. online thing right. Um, right. my friend suggested to me this year's back play Aza little did I know I'll use it last week just to get some USD funds <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm not gonna get that I love to go on the shopping mall and get it by hand. Well, <laughs> COVID happened, so right, exactly. I'm eating my words now. <laughs> uh, but if given the current situation wasn't like this, I'm still going to be team physical, like physical CD. For sure. And you'll be surprised by how many people are actually, you know, especially if this is a, this is not just a hyped up game. There are a lot of hyped up games like, Horizon Zero Dawn was like a huge hyped up game. People were clamoring for it. This is one of those games that people have been clamoring for. Remember the very Years, first man. I like I think it was PS3 where they first showed like a tech demo that uh-huh. revealed like, right a, a quote unquote tech demo that showed off Final Fantasy remake and they were like and like I said they were just like playing around with the idea and people were like are you remaking Final Fantasy 7? Yes. And it took all this time. It took all this time and we're finally here. People yeah. are fi- and so a lot of people wanted the physical copy. People I guess people wanted to frame it. People wanted to like put it up on their shelves and everything. And it would be worth it. It is a milestone game. And I'm glad to say, um, I mean, you've seen our site. It's it it was well worth the wait. I'm so happy yeah. with how it came out to be. I mean, I read the review. It's a very high mark. Sure, there are some things that are not that good, but it the good outweighs the bad. I agree with that when I read For it. For sure. And um, speaking of the game, uh, w- when was the first time you got to play the FF7 original version? And how old were we? The like? original version? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was long. Um, yeah, basically... Man, I don't remember. I think I really went hard. Because here's the thing. I actually made a foolish uh, decision way back when. 
when my mom told me when I was a young, when I was a wee lad. Okay. My mom told me you got to choose. You got a PlayStation or you get an N64. And I was like, N64? Sixty-four yeah, bits, man. That's that's thir- that's twice more than thirty-two than you know the thirty-two bits that PlayStation has. Of course, I'm gonna go for the Nintendo sixty-four. Bad decision. Oh, <laughs> because of the because of how many games came out. So I actually missed out on FF seven when it initially came out. Um, thank God it got a PC release. Um, and actually think, uh, yeah. So it got a PC release, and I got to play it. And this. I'm a player who likes to get everything in one go. I don't usually replay games. Hold like, on. Mm-hmm. You saying you a player? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a player. A, oh, a player, player. I, I thought the Teddy Long version of player. Hala, hala. Hala, hala, hala. But here's the thing. We were talking about off, off um, before we started recording. We were talking about Amen. both of us being hyped for Persona Five Royale. Yeah, Royal. <laughs> and here's the thing: Do you know that I don't replay those games? I literally go one for and a done. Hot, right one and done. And I have to. Sorry for everyone who's gonna get offended. Okay. I actually use a guide to get 100% confident. <laughs> All the confidants in one go. So I usually play with a calendar. <laughs> so it's like, on this day, I will talk to this NPC because he will not be available. Yeah, dude, that's, that's literally how I play Persona. Because okay. I want to get everything in one go. I look for <laughs> that too, you know, the, the 100%, uh, how do you call that? 100% completion. But even if I tried to do it, I couldn't on a first run. So I had to do New Game Plus. Yeah, see, that's why I don't. It's hard. Read. It's hard. That's man. why I use a guide, yeah, so I get it on the guide. first go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use it. I I do it on the first go because I hate missing. I don't use it. Don't get me wrong. I don't get. I don't use guides to help me get through boss battles and whatever, or mm-hmm. through puzzles. I usually check it in case I, I so I don't miss out, like yeah. on certain collectibles or um, missable items or whatever. And in this case, I just don't want to not complete the confidant. So I want to get everyone. (laughs) So the thing with final fantasy was that I, I don't, so like I said, I don't play games, um, repeatedly final fantasy is probably the most replayed game for me. It held that much of a special place in my heart. That was your first final fantasy game seven. Actually, no. My okay. very, very first Final Fantasy game was um, six, known to the West as three. Back um, in the Super Nintendo days. Right, 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 right. Um, and it was uh, Locke, Locke and Celeste. Uh, so yeah, but I fell in love with seven for sure. And like I said, I I, I got every material possible. I I got like did the whole Knights of the Round bit where you had to like get the gold chocobo and everything. It's that's how much I love the game. So finally, you know, when they got when they got to announcing this game, dude, I I had my mouth open. <laughs> and just like pure Ooh. delight. <laughs> oh, so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so I gotta ask before we go to the remake, what made you fall in love with the original game? Like, With was the it original? the characters, the, the music, or everything else? Honestly, there was no one moment for it. Um, Final Fantasy. I, I, I actually, in a, in a past video, I asked this to, um, like, Aaron yeah. and 
to a couple of our friends, uh, like right, Loco, exactly. <laughs> right. And the thing is, I realized I couldn't answer that question. Oh no! And then when I tried digging deep into it, it really was the whole experience. Um, for me, the best Final Fantasy, um, how do I say, system? Yeah. Would be the materia system. I never liked. I never really, really liked everything. Anything else. Um, I have a deep disdain for Final Fantasy fifteen. Sorry for the fans who are listening. Oh, uh, the boy band. <laughs> but, uh, Final Fantasy boy band. <laughs> right. I, I did. I didn't like it. Beca- I didn't like it because of that. I didn't like it because it just fell flat for me. Okay. In terms of- Back about mm-hmm. the materia system because I'm not familiar with this game. Uh, how sure. could you describe that system to no problem? To a um, first time so gamer. What Final Fantasies have you played? Um, just eight and nine. Uh, I finished nine. Eight, I can't finish because the CD that was given to me was not oh, working no. for CD oh, no. three and four. So I'm just stuck playing uh, Triple Triad, my favorite FF eight. The best thing. The best thing about it. The best thing. <laughs> the best thing. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Mater- the materia system is actually so. Yeah. So you you're familiar with the junction system. Sorry, I didn't like that much. I didn't like it that much. Yeah, it nine was complicated. Had- I like nine because it's a bit simpler. True. Had a fun and the thing is, nine. eight was a completionist nightmare. Because imagine through bosses, I'd be drawing and drawing just to get 99 of that spell that they had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For me, it was collecting the cards. Um, That's true. I was so addicted. So I, my heart just broke when I can't access that. And oh, no. then, even though we can say, I'm like, well, it's hard to find FF8 after two That's to three true. years when it's gone. That is true. That is true. <laughs> So, okay, let me explain to you the materia system. So, um, you're, of course, you're familiar with equipping an armor and with a weapon and whatever. Oh, yeah. Every armor that you get ha- comes with slots. They're, um, they're materia slots, basically. For every slot, you can insert one piece of materia. And, of course, in certain, inserting... So, there are um, several kinds. There's magic materia, which is like your typical lightning, fire, ice, and whatever. So equipping them gives you that, uh, that skill. And these, um, each material levels up. Basically, um, it'll start as fire. And then if, if the material, as long as it's equipped on someone, it gains experience. And if it levels up, you get access to Fira. Soon you'll get access to Firaga. And so on and so forth. Oh wait, uh, that's the uh, no, that's Fira Firaga. That's like the upgraded versions of Fire Attack. Right. So like it's Aji Ajilao Aji. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I keep forgetting the fire spell of Final Fantasy Firaga or Fire Fira. Right. The, yeah, yeah, for sure. Every they have their own naming conventions. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh. but yeah, so. Each of these, um, each of the material grows with you, and um, as you equip them. And the thing is, the reason why I like it is that you can you can alter your builds midway, just because it slots. And there's a little nuance with it that um, some material slots. So you imagine like they're circles like next to each other. Yeah, some of them will be linked because that means that you can use if you link uh, a magic material with a support material. Which is basically, for example, if you link like a fire material, um, and um, for the, P- I guess I'll just say that for say this for the the current one because they changed it for the remake. The current one is now called um, magnify material. If you link that that together, it now becomes a multi-target spell. 
So basically, it's that kind of thing. There's a material called elemental. If you link, if you put that on a linked slot with fire, and it's on your weapon, now you can start your normal weapon attacks now have fire on them. If you put fire and um, plus elemental on your armor, every fire damage that you get is half is uh, reduced to half. There's that kind of customization to this whole thing. There are other types of materia mm. that give you additional commands. Like, for okay. example, you want a character to have steel on them. That's fine. That's that's one materia. Um, you want there are other kinds of materia that have um, what do you call this? They're called independent materia. So just like HP up, um, magic up. That's fine also. So that raises your stats. And I guess the last one would be uh, summons. And summons are just basically like in the original Final Fantasy, they would just be a lot uh, stronger. Uh, what do you call this? Stronger magic. But here, they're a separate entity that you summon into battle with you that you can command. And once at their timer, their summon timer is done, they make like a huge final attack before they leave. So that's Ooh. basically the materia system. It's the reason why. Um, a lot of people fell in love with it, and Final Fantasy has never, to this day, um, made a system that was better than it, in my opinion. So that's the reason why that, plus the storytelling of Seven, of the original FF Seven, plus the characters, because some of them are the most well-written characters out there in RPG history. That okay. whole experience was what sold the original Final Fantasy VII to me. Like I said, I can't give you a clear answer for it, but it's really the whole experience. experience. That's good. Uh, speaking of experience of Final Fantasy VII, I just found out a certain scene of Seven was given as a callback in FF9 where Zdane and I think Garnett were climbing up a ladder. Uh-huh. Did that also happen with Tifa and Cloud? A ladder? A ladder. I think so. I, I don't remember. I don't particularly remember okay. that scene, but it might be. Might be. Sorry. Yeah, I just saw it like online a few days back. Like, oh, wow. So that happened there. Because <laughs> we're, we're like outside the weirdness that is happening right now with the pandemic. We're, the internet is like bountiful with a lot of FF7 or FF7 remake content oh, for, sure. for anyone for sure. to see. And it's, it's a wonderful time. Even though right now we're recording on the Black Saturday, so the wonderful time happens tomorrow, Easter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, given, you know, given the difficulty that COVID um, kind of poses to the world, it's, a lot of people have gone to gaming and to online. To, you know, like I said, Amen. this is the final bastion <laughs> of humanity and people... It's a good, honestly, video games right now, we laughed when the WHO suddenly said, oh, you know, video games, use video games now so you can stay inside, which is... We Wait, didn't they but, say it was a uh, disease? Exactly, exactly. So we were just like, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> and now who is under fire? Because mm-hmm. they might be in cahoots with China. You know who. Uh-huh. Who? You know who. <laughs> But yeah, um, and I'm glad you did the new day thing, the who thing. Yeah, because I gotta tell you what what happened. Like uh, a couple of days ago in Twitter, Xavier Woods actually gave out a couple of free FF7 game codes, the remake codes to the people who watch the stream. Wow, I didn't know that. 
if you're a wrestling fan, if you're an FF fan and you saw his stream, you might have been one of those lucky guys who was given mm-hmm. a code by Xavier Woods himself. Dude, the guy's awesome. The guy's awesome. I, know, I, like I loved when he was here. Yeah, well, I'm not there anymore. When he was there with us in Manila, like I think that was oh, 2019, dude, yeah. right? Or 2018. I don't know. Might have been 18. Might have been 18. Yeah, he was so fun to talk with. <laughs> no, and he really took the time, um, despite yeah. his schedule. He took the time to like hang out in um, playbook. Play, playbook. You know, yeah. just to hang out with his fellow gamers. And for me, you know, respect for you, dude. I mean, that's, that's great. And now he's also into the hole that is like FF7 Remake. So... Let's go to the remake. Uh, personally, uh, I heard you played at least the first 15 chapters of the first 18 chapters. 15 out of 18. Basically. That's big enough, man. So uh, care to tell me what you like and then what you feel like was lacking compared to the last time you experienced FF7? Oh, man. I have nothing to say but positive things about this game, but sure. Okay, um, I like that. Uh, I like okay, so basically this game... Okay, sure. Because it's easier, let's address... The negative things. I mean, okay. after we released our review, um, it was Kelly, um, one of our one of our writers. Um, she did the review for it, and I did the, I kind of did the uh, completionist bit. She kind of uh-huh. brushed the story. Um, the common complaint of people for this game was that because, sorry, I know you're not familiar with Final Fantasy VII, but basically, yeah. to translate it for you, the game the remake only spans from until half of disc one of playstation whoa so you mean to say this is not even done yet it might spawn four more like four to five episodes (laughs) i'm i think dude i really think unless they unless they give us like a super huge game next time god um this is gonna be like a five-parter or something like that um and i don't know i think i'll have grandkids by the time they finish it Guys, you better have one to two terabytes of memory for your PlayStations. <laughs> well, I mean, at the very least, it seems like it's going to come out for the PlayStation 5. I don't know. Um, oh, whoever maybe. gets us are lucky <laughs> then. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so people were complaining. Some of the complaints that I said, so people were like all praise about the game. Um, the thing is that people were worried that, okay, you're just remaking until um, the city part. Like the city, like I said, um, the first part of the game happens within a city called Midgar. And that's almost like half or less than half of what this one was. So. Hey. Um, <laughs> and, but the thing is, they totally fleshed it out. Um, before, I do remember my time in Midgar in the old PlayStation game. And there were a lot of parts that you just glossed over. Take note that as, as masterful as the original Final Fantasy VII was, there were things that were subject to misinterpretation okay. because of translation issues before. Um, there were certain things that as an adult, I started reading about the game that I was like, oh my God, I didn't get that. I, I totally missed that aspect of it or I didn't even realize that that was the case. And that's the thing. They were able to, that was their challenge. They fleshed out that one city that you were in and even the companions that you have, the people who are around you were so fantastically done. Now, like I said, the complaint about this was that they said, oh my God, there's so much padding in this game. Um, when you get into a certain town, they make you do like 
JRPG types of side quests like okay. oh fetch this kill this monster and like that now I would usually agree okay. but the thing meaning in the side quests here they're not the rewards are not that great oh. they're, they're, they're rewards that you could ignore um, and, and in and in fairness I kind of appreciate that because RPGs have a little bit of a sickness wherein if you do side quests you're so overpowered for the next boss oh yeah that's why you do side quests <laughs> exactly Never, and sometimes the whole boss thing becomes a cakewalk um, for this one it was very cleverly balanced, but the reward for doing the side quest was spending time with these people. Um, you're, you play as Cloud, and you, I'm pretty sure you've seen the memes. Like, um, he has a relationship with Ares or Tifa, depending on who you pick, or you know, other people. Um, but uh-huh. these are times that he gets to spend with these people, like in the. Um, in the opening parts of this game, when you head over to the first town, you get to understand the people. It, it become it's a lot of char- character building. I guess that's what I'm saying. I understand that a lot of people will say, "Oh yeah, but you know the end game of that's that does not even close to the end game of what the final problem is for Final Fantasy VII." I get it, but at the very least, you now feel the weight of your actions to be more specific um, and this was, a, this was a scene available from the demo the opening scene of Final Fantasy 7 is called the bombing mission so you play as Cloud and you are part of an eco-terrorist group Yep. Um, and this group is like saying oh you know this, con- this, this city is sucking out the lifeblood of the, pa- of the planet and using it as power um, so what we want to do is we want to blow up a reactor okay it's fine and in the old game, that was okay. You blow up the reactor, you go, you, you go back to the safety of your town, and everything's great. You go on to the next mission. That's how the original was. Right after the demo, which was the whole bombing mission, when chapter two hits, and it's that scene when you're escaping the scene of the crime, you hear, and this is one of the masterful things that, that the remake does, you hear NPC dialogue of people just saying, why? Why oh. would you blow up a reactor? How do we live now? I had a family and I had a family member in that reactor. Oh, it's man. heavy. This when that happened, because like I said, I played the demo. Um, we made content out of it, but that's the thing. When I finally got to chapter two, and this was the first new thing about this game that I saw, I that hit me hard to see these people just say like you now this this action now has weight on you in the old final fantasy you're like yay i succeeded in the mission i blew up a reactor i don't know what that means but you know it was a cool thing i was sticking it i was sticking it to the man yeah yeah but this game shows you the adult concept of collateral damage and you start to question, are you doing the right thing? Are you are guys you... the good guys? <laughs> no, exactly. There was this, um, just, sorry, this, will, this might be as a minor spoiler, but there's a scene in chapter two when, uh, so you take the train going back to the town. And one of your members gets into a spat with a Shinra employee. Shinra being the conglomerate that owns the city. Okay. And they're like, 
they were arguing their ideals. They were like, this, all this groups, because they didn't know that you were the eco-terrorist group. It's like, all this group does is terrorism. It's hurting people. What we civilized people do is to work hard and change the world by doing this. And I'm like, my God, that's what a lot of us are doing. All of us are trying to change the world from some system or another. But we all do follow a system. So the but this radical group of eco-terrorists, so and you're playing as that, and it's like, dude, what have I done? It's a lot. It's a lot of that. There's magnificent um, voice work and script work that was done for this, and I think that not in addition to making the graphics better, they just made a lot of the lore better as well. Okay. And, uh- I gotta mm-hmm. ask you, you talked about the voice acting. Uh, which uh, voiceover did you listen to, the Japanese version or the English one? I had to go for the English one for okay. some reason. I don't know. <laughs> in my mind, when I was playing it as a kid, they had, vo- they had English voices in my head. I had to like, go for it. So how's, uh, how's the new voices? Because uh, I heard Tifa's now being voiced by Britt Barron, one of the ladies of GLOW. If you remember the were w- very well done. I will not. I will not be a hypocrite and say that I know every voice actor. I'm sorry, that's not my thing. No, I'm but, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. I mean, I to- total respect for voice. I mean, Riku is a voice actor. We, we both know and love. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I geeked out. Because uh, you also play P5, so you know at least Futaba's there as Jesse. Right, right, right. Like, oh shit, she's here. Oh, she's here too. <laughs> So yeah, that's how I know voice actors. Like I know them from their previous work, not yeah. for their names. Yeah. I'm sorry to fans out there. I'm sorry. It's just not a thing that I get to pay that much attention to. But yes, yeah. I mean, I know I should. Yeah. No, the only reason but, why I know Tifa's voice is her voice is because I'm a fan of Glow. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys got to play wrestling. So well done, though. The voices are so well done. I had one worry. I had one worry. And it was with Barrett. Why? And uh, honest, yeah. Um, is he a new voice over guy? Uh, this uh, who's this? John Eric Bentley. He's it wasn't that. I think here's the thing I use because I don't, um, as long as you're able to deliver their lines fine, that I have a very low standard for voice acting. Same here. Um, (laughs) however, for me, it was the script, um, and the Barrett script from before. Because you see, when you're talking about the Final Fantasy original one. You're okay to be goofy because you're dealing with polygons. Yeah. <laughs> you have like chibi misshapen people, like, you know, flailing their arms. And that's fine because that's the graphical limitation of it. If you have fully realized 3D models of adults, oh, yeah. It just sounds weird when they have, a, I don't know. So, and th- this is my problem with the demo. His, some of his voice lines came off as too wacky for me to stereotypical even to take him seriously but, and he's a right. hulking beefing kind of man <laughs> exactly and but here's the thing suddenly and this was like i said i was so worried about it before the game launched come chapter two onwards he was fine and i was like it's either <laughs> heard the fans and they changed it or you know they they just it was from the demo was from an old take or something. Yeah. And they were like, we have to release this as a demo. That's fine. 
we'll just like fix him with the rest of the game and it, and it works i was like i'm okay i'm i'm okay with it now yeah. i don't feel i don't feel too bad about it anymore so so barrett's now the big the big hulking threat of the enemies He's still comedic but he tones it down to a very tolerable level before it was just stupid i was just like but why but why so it's it's not steiner levels of goofiness it was worse. It of course. But if you wa- if you play the demo, you will understand. And it was like, why do you talk like this? <laughs> okay. And then suddenly he just like fixes himself. He just fixes himself in the in the actual game. I'm like, thank you for listening, Square. I love you. <laughs> you magnificent, magnificent people, you. Yeah, I'm glad though. But yeah, so. All in all, you love the voice acting this time too. That, I do. That, okay. I do. Um, just because, like I said, it's either I have a low bar for it, but for me, a lot of the um, a lot of it hit hard, um, okay. and it wasn't enough. There weren't lines that were jarring, like I said, except for the Barrett thing. But aside yeah. from that, I was just like, "This is fine. I, I I'm totally down for this." And it's okay. been a magical experience ever since. <laughs> For those who have yet to play the original FF7, is FF7, the remake, a good starting point to delve into the lore of Final Fantasy VII? For you. It's actually a very difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, actually, um, one of the channels that I follow, uh, and it's what culture? One of the um, one what of culture? them actually, yeah, yeah. And one of the what culture gaming? And one of them actually like uh, brought this up, like, and I kind of half agree, half not. Like F- FF is for if you're a younger person. Oh my God, I'm showing my age, but if you're a younger p- person and this is your first FF, like not by choice, but because of the generation you were born in, I don't think that. You would not a lot of people would be willing to like go for the old games. You know what I mean? That, that's true because of but, the graphics or the gameplay, or right. whatever. So if you can use for those kinds of people, if you can use um, FF7R as a way to pique your interest and then go back so that you now have motivation and you're now more forgiving of old graphics to play the original FF7, then Godspeed. However, like I said, like. Um, I think it was Scott from What Culture Gaming who said that um, he would still be, he still is a stalwart believer that the the first Final Fantasy VII game that you should play would still be the original one. And for me, if you're if you don't have those kinds of barriers, like if you're open to like playing the old games, I would suggest the same thing. Okay, so, because you get mm-hmm. a full sense of the lore, and I guess these experiences these things that they added for fans like it not to say that this game is not friendly for new people like i said but i guess it just now has deeper meaning for you um like i said there there were certain characters in the first that were glossed over but in this remake now they're suddenly given like full uh full on characteristics um full on um, nuances and motivations and it's such a nice surprise to get that mm-hmm. versus to get that as like after experiencing the original game and then you know comparing your experiences oh, but yeah. like I said if you can't get past that barrier play the play this one play this new toy 
Yeah, the and new one. Back to the OG. Yeah, and what I like and appreciate about the remake is the redesign of certain characters, not just Barrett, but Jesse. Wow, she's hot. Okay. Jesse. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, Jesse was an amazing character. Um, here, very well voiced. Um, and shit. her lines were so well done. And Jesse was a nothing character before, I'll be honest. Yeah, but she now. <laughs> but now the game gives you like her backstory. Yeah. Um, there is, I'm not going to, just for the sense of not spoiling people because it's very early into the game's release. But if you get, there is a chapter in the, there's an early chapter into this game that lets you delve more into the background of Jesse. And my God, was it such good scenes. They were such good scenes. I loved every minute of it. Like just going through and seeing who these people are. Because technically you're there, even though they're not really, but technically they're Avalanche party members, quote unquote, because they're from Avalanche and you're an Avalanche, I guess. Yes, but sir. Now, <laughs> right? But now you get you didn't give a shit about them before, but now you do. Now you get to know why they're there. What what's keeping them in here? What what are they fighting for? And that's such a good nuance to have. It makes the world feel really lived in. It doesn't feel like a backdrop. It feels like an actual setting. Since we mentioned earlier that this remake, this first episode is just the first half of disc one of the first game. Or less than half. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the first game had how many CDs? Three, actually. If I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> So, so yeah. yeah, we have a long way to go. <laughs> long way to go, guys. And actually, just to just to share a thought with that, I think they did an amazing job with the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they might have, in wrestling terms, they might have booked themselves into a oh, corner. Overbooked, uh, yeah. They they put on a good WrestleMania, and now they're pressured to make a better one next time for the next release. Just, or even, I'm not even after them making a better one. I'm just saying that how can you keep this quality? That's you true. spent a whole game, hundred gigs worth of game, fleshing out a quarter or a, sorry, a quarter or a third of the first disc. Yeah. What are you going to do with all of the other locations in the game? If so, and I'm actually afraid that, I mean, I don't want the quality to drop, but at the same time, I don't want to play this game when I'm 50. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the problem right now is also the play, uh, sorry, the pandemic. Do they have enough time and resources now? Because you can say, yeah, we can buy it on digital, but they also spent inputs of their own, like their own money for the physical copies that may or may not be delayed. That's also a. I'm sorry to the listeners if we're talking about it in the economic sense of the world, but how much money have they spent? Because this is kind of be like a Shenmue situation back in 2000 where you put all your money into this first part of your game, but something happened. Right. A crisis happened in the world. How big of a hit is that going to be for your next few releases for FF7 Remake? I'm hoping that it's not. Um, because I am aware of people who pre-ordered the game, but yeah. just so they don't miss out, they did 
digitally buy the game as well. Exactly. And Final Fantasy VII has the name going for them and the hype going for them. So a lot of people were more open to that. If this was like a nothing game, or not, I'm not saying a nothing game, but if this was like any other game, there would be a higher chance of people just like saying, well, I'm going to wait for my thing to come out. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going to wait for my physical, physical copy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So I don't know. I hope that they didn't take too much of a hit on it. I think they have... I yeah. hope that they have enough results so that they can see this through to the end. Amen. Because like I said, this is, this is probably, this is what we wanted it to be. This is what, this is the Final Fantasy VII that we filled it, we filled in so many gaps because of the lack of graphics. We filled in the gaps of our imagination. This is it. This is the thing, this is our imagination made to life. You know what I mean? And yeah, so overall, if you were to grade this, uh, this part of Final Fantasy VII Remake, I know you guys gave a 9 out of 10 on your site, but personally speaking, what grade would you give it? I would still give it a 9, honestly. All right. Um, that would still be my score because um, like there are, it's not perfect. Like I said, there are... Um, I mean, there are some graphical issues here and there, but they're so minor that I don't really care. Um, <laughs> It's like I said, it's just not perfect. I can't give it a 10 because of 10 means there's no room for improvement for it and it's the perfect game. But for me, I th- yeah, it's definitely going to be a high nine. All right. Thank you for taking your time to geek out with me here on the FF7 yeah, remake. Uh, I think so- I ranted a lot, but sure. <laughs> hey, I like that. <laughs> I don't care if the listeners don't like that because <laughs> we're spending our time here in this very weird situation and we haven't talked right. for a long while. So right, dude, right. I'm making use of this one hour or one and a half hour I have until, well, um, until I have to do some adulting in my apartment, <laughs> <laughs> like cleaning the kitchen, um, you know, taking out the trash. <laughs> ah, right. You know. The responsibilities of being at home all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so where can we see you online, Tita Rob? Oh, my God. Yeah, you can, guys, you can definitely catch me at all of our content. We've been outing a lot of stuff, especially for um, not just FF7R, but for a bunch of other things. You can catch us at ungeek.ph. Um, and for our... at. At the same time, if you want to just stay on top of what we have, we're available on Facebook, on GeekPH as well. Same as on YouTube. And you should see our review on the site. Um, if you want to see the nitty-gritty of the review that we, uh, me and Marty have been mentioning. But if you want to see, we, I also made a video about the seven reasons why it is, this game is a masterpiece. So check it out there and like a bunch of our, of our other digital content. So yeah, that's it. All right, and on behalf of Third World Gaming featuring Critical Index, this is Martin, and with Tito Rob, we'll see you again next time. Peace. See you guys. Keep on gaming. And that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Miko. Welcome back to Third World Gaming, and thank you to our friend, Mr. Robert Yakov on GeekPH. This is like a Final Fantasy VII mega episode. Like, we've been geeking out from the start. They've been geeking out in the middle, and now we'll geek out in the end. You know how we geek out in the end? We'll tell you to like and subscribe to Third World Gaming featuring Critical Index. So you can like us on Facebook. That's Critical Index on your Facebook. Check us out on our site, criticalindex.net. And please do check out our other episodes here in channel14.com. And we have other shows like Third World Linux, the one we mentioned, right? Yep. 
like Raspberry Pi and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't get over that Raspberry thing. And yeah, our uh, Bodega Nights episode, which should be out by now. I don't know how it's going to come out, but it's coming out. I hope. Is it coming out? I hope it is. <laughs> It'll be so awkward if it hasn't in two weeks. <laughs> but if yeah. not, then we'll check the future. <laughs> yes. The future is now. And speaking of hopeful new episodes, my favorite show, Channel14.com, Radio Norm, six seasons in a spoken word tour, please. And that's it. We're out, guys. Let's mosey.